Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Monday morning, January 17th, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Happy Martin Luther King Day, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. And it is time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I'm already one cup in, Scott. How are you doing? Happy Monday. Good. I'm uh, I'm trying not to burn my mouth. You know, I'm ready to start doing I already poured, but I just, just got done brewing, and now it's it needs to cool just a little bit. I don't know if I have that type of patience, so you'll probably see me do this a few times today of course i think i did that a few times yesterday watching some of those playoff games too oh man yeah there was a so far it's been so far i would say that the expanded playoffs have not lived up to the hype for the nfl three games have been you keep watering it down i mean you end up with you know the the more you water it down the more bad games you end up getting it's just the way it is yeah i i do appreciate the volume of games now though like having six games versus four games or whatever it is, um, I think gives you a chance to have better quality football. And I'm thinking tonight we're going to be saved by the uh, the Rams versus Cardinals, or, or the yeah, the Rams versus Cardinals are going to give us a heck of a treat. But uh, yeah, also I really like the 17 playoff format because I like having the one team with the buy. I don't like it rewarding two teams. I just want one team that get the buy. I don't mind. Well, with the when they used to be less division winners, that was fine. You, you'd get something for for winning your division. Um, but you know, the Tennessee Titans, do, are they worthy of a buyer? Are they just in a crappy division? Um, it, the more you expand the playoffs, the more you lessen the importance of the regular season, you're going to go to 17 games and have more playoffs. You've got these crappy seven and nine teams in the hunt. You know, it just, it waters down the product and, you know, it's not the only reason that we're seeing, you know, less people in the seats, but Again, they, I thought they'd reach critical mass in the NFL a couple of years ago with the way they kind of disregarded the, their fans to a certain extent. But that juggernaut just keeps right on going along. I don't think it matters what they do, honestly, at this point. Too big to fail. Just keep playing football and you'll be fine. Too big to fail. You know who's too big to fail? Ethan coming in. Uh, coming in. The DWI guys. Good morning, Jens and Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Falling Sloth is in the house, too. Good morning, Broncos country. Fantastic to be here. Love that. Got our first super coming down the chat here, according to my eyes here, from Raymond Glass with the five euros coming in here saying thanks for the great show. Thank you, Raymond, for supporting supporting us. It means a heck of a lot. Good to see you. Good morning to you. We also got Jelly coming in with a uh, 199. That was the first one. Okay, that was the first one that jelly popped up. Jelly before peanut butter. So okay. jelly, <laughs> jelly, jelly came first. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and 
the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Jelly comes first. Jelly doesn't really matter to me. Uh, we're going to show, we're going to show all of you. So we appreciate you both for sure. Thank you so much, Jelly. Jelly kicking us off here with the, the rumor mill. Uh, have you all heard that Russell wants to explore his options? Hashtag mile high huddle. Yeah, it does sound like that. Uh, Russell Wilson is going to be pushing for a possible trade. Uh, that makes things interesting for the Broncos. Have you heard anything on the Russell Wilson front? Uh, just, just what the report is. The the report on Mile High Huddle was uh, it was report. I'm not. I think it was Ian Rappaport or Schefter. I, they probably have a nickname because they're the same person to me. <laughs> Schefterport. <laughs> One of those two guys, uh, you know, said that that he is interested. But the entire report also said that they're planning on having him back. That story went viral on Mile High Huddle last night, and Chad put some extra Broncos stuff into it. So check that out on MileHighHuddle.com. Um, but it's just, you don't normally hear that, but that's kind of how you should be every off season. You know, mm-hmm. that's how every general manager, every player should think it's like, no, I'm happy. But you know, if you're going to make me an offer, I can't refuse, then I'll listen. I'll tell you no, but yeah, I'll listen. Uh, sure. But it, the, the report actually made it sound like Russell Wilson was more likely to stay in Seattle than to go yeah. somewhere else. Pete Carroll isn't leaving to me. That was the more interesting thing. Um, they're not talking there. It was an NFC meeting with Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll's talked about, uh, you know, there, there wasn't anything about job security in there. I think he's 71 years old for me. That was your biggest competition, except maybe the Dallas Cowboys for Dan Quinn. If that's the direction you decide to go was watch out for the Seattle Seahawks. But, uh, Quinn might not be available when that job opens up in Seattle. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think John Schneider's back too. So it does sound like Russell is, they said, exploring his options. Who knows what that means? I think it's more likely that Russell Wilson hits the market at this point and is on the move than an Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but we'll see. Um, Broncos fans, Broncos country, the, the organization itself, better hope that they have a, the ability to walk away with one of Aaron Rodgers or Wes, Russell Wilson. Or I fear it's going to be much of the same next season as it was this year, but we'll see. Uh, Ashton coming in. Quinn will be an upgrade on Vic Fangio. But man, I really don't know if he's going to be the right puzzle piece. Guess we'll find out. Uh, Peter Middleton also coming in with some stars, I'm sure, because Peter's always coming in with stars. Uh, so why should the Dallas coaches be in Denver? Um, I guess Peter's asking us for make the make a sell. Scott can probably make a, the best sell when it comes to Dan Quinn. For Colin Moore, um, I don't feel like he's... I feel like he's Kellen Moore still a little bit green. I don't know if I'd want him, want him for sure. Uh, his scheme that he runs is a little bit too all. What's the, how do I put it? They kind of run a little bit grab bag with their scheme there in Dallas, a little bit too much. They don't really have their identity. Um, so Kellen Moore, I kind of concerned me down the stretch. There's a lot of quick game stuff too with Dak Prescott. I mean, for the weapons that they have, I think they're only like 16th in the NFL this season in explosive pass plays, which is, I mean, you have Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb. You should be creating more explosive pass plays than that. Uh, 
with those weapons when you have Dak Prescott. But uh, I digress. Dan Quinn, leader in the house, uh, adult in the room, has a relationship with George Payton, has shown that he can run a good program. Players rave about him um, as well. So there's a lot of good for Dan Quinn in Denver. Is he going to be the guy that takes him over the hump to the promised land? I don't know about that. But I do think much like, uh, gosh, whose name is escaping me right now, John Fox coming in after Josh McDaniels, being the adult in the room, knowing what it takes to run a championship organization or one that can at least make an appearance like the Falcons did. Dan Quinn has that going for him. So maybe he's not the guy to take Denver all the way, but I think he is a good candidate to get them in the right direction, which this team has not had for gosh, since Gary Kubiak for, for Dan Quinn. I think the key phrase you want to look for is culture change. What are you looking for with right now with this, with this, uh, with this hire? Are you looking for some fun? Are you looking for excitement? Are you looking for, this team to come out with their hair on fire and play hard. Are you looking for, you know, positivity? All of those things have been lacking in this year that I've been following and covering the Denver Broncos. That is the big sell for me with Dan Quinn. It's just a total and complete culture change. However, I think you get the th- same thing with Nathaniel Hackett in a different offensive with a, with a different philosophy. You watch the two and, and we see, we talk about the two guys that seem to be most likely to take this job. And they're both very, very similar personalities, which is polar opposite of Vic Fangio. That's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That's not a coincidence. Um, Dan Quinn, he's he's got ex- the experience doing that. He's been to a Super Bowl. You can make jokes about how that went out, but getting the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl is not an easy task. We're not talking mm-hmm. about eight times Denver Broncos. We're talking about two times in 60 years Atlanta Falcons. Um, that That is not easy. Um, Kellen Moore, for me, it just depends on, you know, what are your goals? This is what I've asked before. What, what are your goals in the, in the short term? If you think this roster is ready to make a run and you think you want to make a playoff run and a Super Bowl run right now, I don't know that he's your guy. If you're saying we want a culture change and we want to start, you know, not over, you've got too much talent to start over, but we want to build something. We want to build something here. And Kellen Moore is probably your guy. You, you want to go with somebody who's younger. Sell me on – I don't worry about one game. I, I really don't. Uh, yeah. I don't even worry about two games. I think of there's been 28 teams that have scored 500 points in an NFL season, and Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator of one of them. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's that's one of the reasons for me. Yeah, for sure. That all makes sense. We got Mark in the house. Good morning, Broncos family. Ashton said he tested positive, uh, so hope you feel better, Ashton. Um, hopefully you will – over that quickly. Um, we got the DWI guys coming in. Ethan with the big support. Thank you so much, Ethan, saying uh, my daily contribution to hire Nathaniel Hackett to the hire Nathaniel Hackett fund. Stay away from Quinn and Moore. Oh, so Ethan throwing down the gauntlet saying he wants nothing to do with those Dallas coaches. Yeah, and I'm OK with that. I, I don't yeah. think there is a a surefire candidate right now where you say, yeah, this is the guy I definitely want. I want, just like I said, from a culture change, the two guys that seem to be the uh, the front runner right now, Nathaniel Hackett and Daniel Quinn. It will be fun to follow the Denver Broncos again. It will be fun to be a Denver Broncos fan again if either one of those two guys come in, I promise you, at least for a year, <laughs> at least for the first year. Um, and then, you know, everybody gets fed up with, with their coaches eventually for the most part. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett, it, it, it definitely definitely makes sense to me. My question with him is, you know, he's got how, – how good of an offensive coordinator do you have to be when you got Aaron Rodgers? Um, yeah. You got Devontae Adams. When you when you start getting your pieces healthy in Green Bay, I don't I don't know. Um, there's definitely been an improvement since he's been there, without a doubt. You kind of think of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and you're just like, oh, yeah, they're 40 points a game, top five offense every year. Well, no, no, they're not. 
No. Uh, they were in the teens when Hackett arrived, and then they're in the top three or four right now. So no. there is something to that. And again, the man management, having Rodgers happy and wanting to play for you is a big part of being a coach. Yeah, and uh, the Packers also, how much is it Aaron Rodgers? How much is it at the offensive scheme? You know, probably I, I'm a big believer that uh, it's more about the personnel than the scheme a lot of times, but the scheme there has been good um, and they've done it this year. They've that my sister and a lot of my friends are Packer fans being from the Midwest. I'm in that area of either Packers or bears. So uh, a lot of them pick the Packers, uh, but this year the Packers went out there with who was their weapons beside Devontae Adams. I mean, they lost Robert Tanya got injured. Uh, they had Randall Cobb out there catching passes, Martivez, Valdez, Scantling, uh, Alan Lazard. It's not the best weapon situation there. And also the offensive line was dinged to bleep. I mean, they lost David Bakhtiari. They lost uh, Ryan Lindsley. They lost Elton Jenkins. Billy Turner was hurt for a little bit. So uh, they've overcome a lot. Aaron Rodgers has been the constant there, and that's probably the biggest thing. But still, I, I think Hackett is very intriguing, and I like that scheme a lot for what uh, they're doing in Green Bay. And you mentioned it. Aaron Rodgers, they have Aaron Rodgers, yes, but they were a, a middling borderline top 10 offense when the, uh, the end of the Mike McCarthy area in green Bay closed. Now they're up there in top three. They were able to squeeze some more juice out of that offense, even though really the personnel wise, I don't think their offense is uh, competes with some other teams outside of the quarterback position. Yeah. Then that's, that's a big one. And sometimes yeah. I feel like our quarterback is so good. It doesn't matter who we get at the skill position players. And I think that's part of Aaron Rodgers' frustration, yeah. you know, instead of, Going out and not saying I don't mind. I know I'm gonna have to be replaced one day, but instead of getting somebody that can help us win now, you get you get a, a, another quarterback. That's a kind of a slap in the face. I'm 36 years old and playing at a high level. Um, I, I think that certainly didn't help. You know what? Mm-hmm. Let's let's look at the five picks below that and see if there was a a, a weapon in there that would have made a little more sense for that team. Uh, on either side of the ball. But uh, Ethan, as always, appreciate yeah, you. Thank you. The contribution to the Hire Nathaniel Hackett Fund. Well, yeah. the Fire Fangio Fund certainly worked, the Triple F, so we'll see how this one works. But again, like I said, it's not a coincidence that the two guys that we hear most with this position are certainly the the uber-positive type of people, for sure. Yeah. U.S. Dave in the house, always positive. Buenos dias to you, U.S. Dave. Sean, oh, we got Miguel coming in, too. Good morning, fellas. Uh, the three teams that I hate the most are the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Patriots lost. You need to make some room for the Chiefs on there for your list, Miguel. Goodness. Um, if Quinn interviews this week, will we have a head coach by the end of the week, being that Hackett already interviewed? Uh, this is a good question. I do think that um, I believe in my heart of hearts that it's just an inevitability that Quinn's going to be the head coach. Uh, eventually so i do think that now, why is, is this just because of the connection because the connect how how deep is this collect connection because it seems kind of flimsy to me i mean i've it, i've followed dan quinn since his florida days with the florida gators and i'd never heard of george payton it sounds like there's a pretty good connection there and there had been talks and fantasization instead of word, fan, uh, fantasies in the past about these two like hey if you're ever a head coach i can be your gm i can be your gm if you're ever a head coach so this sounds like it's been something that's been discussed in the past and there's just a lot of smoke from a lot of people who are not connected um to dan quinn to denver so i i just think it the dot connecting makes sense and i i think in football as much as people want things to get right they want to get things right the way that they see it with their boys uh, with their connections, the people that they know, if they're sync, if they're going to sync, they want to sync with their people. So uh, I think that's it's a big connection thing. It's connection league. By the time you spent ten years in the league, you know everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I worked at my first job out of college was in an advertising agency, which 
is like dog years. One year in an advertising agency is like dog years. So within three years, I knew someone in every agency in the entire um, city of Atlanta. And it's, mm -hmm. I feel like it's like that with, I, I think we talk about package deals and recruiting. That stuff mm -hmm. never happens. So, you know, the, well, Russ Wilson and Dan Quinn. Well, Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator 10 years ago. Yeah. With Russell Wilson, not, not even on the same side of the ball. That's, that's, that's thin. That's real thin. So yeah. I, I just, I was just wondering if there was more to it than, than the, the, how, how strong is this connection? Because watching the Denver offense, I mean, your first question for Dan Quinn is, okay, who, who's going to be your offensive coordinator? Otherwise you can't, you can't do it. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you watch this past year, you've watched the past five years, you got to get an offensive guy. So who's going to be your offensive guy, Dan? Yep. Uh, luckily for Dan Quinn, he has hired some good offensive coordinators in the past, but uh, it's it's tough. Um, you know me though. I I don't. It could be Elmo being the offensive coordinator. If you have a good quarterback back there, he's going to be looking uh, solid at least. Jeremy Sean on the house. Good morning to you. We got Sean Burns with a question. Good morning, playoffs. Sure, helping the Broncos GM to choose what coach to go with. I bet he's looking forward to seeing how the rest do in the playoffs. Yeah, Scott, we were talking about it. Uh, have you enjoyed the playoffs so far? I mean, have you had any takeaways uh, so far from the, the five games that we've seen? The better teams are winning. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, everybody's been a home team except for uh, the 49ers and Cowboys last night, right? The home team's won. Yeah, so there, there's something to that. The, the better teams won uh, all of those. The you know just watching it, and you talk about the coordinators, but the, the level of quarterback play that we see in this, except for at least with the winning teams for sure, but the level of quarterback yeah. play we see from these playoff teams is just so much higher yeah. than what we watched with the with the Denver Broncos this year across the board. And how are you going to get to that level of quarterback play? Yeah, that's the big thing for me. Um, the team, the only team so far, you said the home teams have won uh, every single game so far. The better quarterback has won emphatically, I would say. Um, maybe it's the only matchup where it was somewhat close was the Joe Burrows versus the Derek Cars, and the Joe Burrows came out on top. But mm -hmm. Dak Prescott versus the 49ers is the only game so far where it's been like the the lesser quarterback on the whole one. And I'm, I will say um, I'm pretty bummed that we have to watch another week of Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, he's just he's a. Uh, for being not a super toolsy quarterback, man, he is a ride and a half as far as good throw, good placement to like throwing it into triple coverage. What the bleep are you doing? Um, the, I've, I want no part of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that there's a possibility that like Mike Cliss said, if the Broncos lose out on Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Jimmy Garoppolo could be a Bronco quarterback. If you're pairing that with the uh, offensive coordinator from the 49ers, uh, Dan or Mike McDaniel Mike coming over here. Uh, no S Mike McDaniel. Um, we we don't we don't believe in McDaniel's in uh, Denver anymore after the uh, Josh McDaniel's uh, charade. <laughs> Drop that out. S. Yeah, get get rid of that S. Scribble that one out. Um, but it'll be interesting. I I don't really want Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty five million for one year. Ugh, not not great, but we'll see. Leroy Williams coming in. This will be a huge mistake if they hire Dan Quinn as the head coach. Obviously, talking about the Broncos. This man's defense was exposed yesterday. I want no part of him. Stay in Dallas and hire Hackett, please, George Payton. I'm begging you. Uh, thank you so much for your comment, Leroy. Uh, what do you think about his comment here? I want to specifically dig into the one his defense was exposed yesterday. Did you get that from the 49ers game? No, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. Um, and I also, one of the things I appreciate about everybody grab your drinks, uh, Arthur Smith and the Falcons, is he will not bite on any of those questions. He will flat out say, I'm not a hot take guy. Hmm. Um, 
and having a reaction to a game like that is a hot take. You know, it's it's okay. I'm gonna I'm not gonna judge anybody on one game. It's it's the same thing I said. I'm be consistent here. Um, same thing I said about going into the the final game with Vic Fangio. You cannot make your judgment based on that game. Your mind is already made up. George Payton's mind is already made up. I don't care what happens. You cannot go into this game and say, all right, this is the game. If that's it, I mean, think about it in, in, in relationship. If, if you're that unsure about something, your answer is no. No. Yeah. If I'm not sure, I need somebody else. So if you already had your doubts going in, this is confirmation bias. I already have my doubts about this guy coming in. Okay. Or I already feel good about this guy coming in. Okay. I would like to have seen this is what he could have done better. You know, Randy Gregory, don't tackle a guy. Guys, stop jumping off sides all the time. Um, what could I have done differently? Brought pressure, not brought pressure, and done differently to move forward. But I'm, I'm not, I don't believe in the hot takes after, after a single game. Yeah. Trust the larger sample size. That's the, that's the key to all this. I mean, you're going to make much better decisions talking about recency bias as well. That's those trust the large, broader sample size. I think there is something to be said though, about Dan Quinn's scheme and the, the viability it has long-term in the NFL uh, with the, Scott, I'm maybe I'm indoctrinated in this now because it's what the Hawkeyes do as well. But I am a big proponent that the best defense in the NFL is one that can get pressure with four and drop everybody else. And Dan Quinn is somebody who likes to blitz a lot, leaving that back end vulnerable. See, and that just go ahead. But see, that's where that's where I disagree because the biggest the, the biggest complaint we had when he was coach of the Atlanta Falcons was his lack of pressure, was his lack of taking risks. He's flipped on that completely. So the man has shown he's willing to adapt based on the personnel he has. So that's a good thing. He's not mm-hmm. just a, I'm running a 3-4 and this is what we're going to do. And by God, we're going to do it. I don't care what they're doing. That's not Dan Quinn. You know, Dan Quinn is a defensive guy. He's studying. He's adjusting. Um, you watch you watch that game that won't be mentioned when it was 28-3. All you saw was a four-man and, and drop guys in coverage. It's all you saw. And yeah. it was maddening. Man, if you're going to get beat, at least get beat rushing the damn quarterback. So this was a much more high-risk, high-risk, high-reward defense from Dan Quinn. And it was probably very fun to watch. I didn't watch a lot of Dallas Cowboys. Lots of turnovers, lots of big plays both ways. Probably made for some exciting games. Might not be the best way to go and win a single elimination tournament where you can go out in one game because anything can happen uh, in, in those instances. Yeah, the uh, the heavy pressure blitz defenses scare the bleep out of me because Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert kill uh, against the blitz. Absolutely kill against the blitz. And I think if you're going to play, I think, I mean, Vic Fangio was, I think it was right to fire and move on from Vic Fangio. I think that his scheme is ideal for going up against Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes because those guys are going to get theirs. Just make sure that they have to earn it rather than the explosive plays. And the Broncos did a pretty good job not giving up explosive plays versus those teams. Much Those teams had much lower rates of explosive plays versus the Broncos than they did the league on the whole. So we'll see. Um, it does yeah, concern then, me a bit. Then they were driving down for, you know, I think I actually made the joke of 17 plays. And then they had yeah. a 17-play drive. The, the Chiefs did. Um you know, in the, in the final game, you know, so you gotta, you gotta get them off the field one way or another. You gotta get them off the field without letting them score. (laughs) Yeah. I think the biggest issue with that, not to have too much uh, down this path, but I think the biggest issue with that specifically is that they didn't have the horses up front. Uh, They, they were not consistently getting third and long, so they couldn't pin their ears back and they didn't have the guys to pin their ears back on third and five, the talent enough to get there. Uh, So 
that defense was held together by the secondary and duct tape. Uh, it was a lot of injuries on that front seven, but we'll see uh, what happens going forward. It'll be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to learn more about that scheme, but I will say I do have major buy-in on the two high safety defense. Um, I, I think in offense, it's, it's more likely to blink and make a mistake versus set gain 70 yards on one play. That's you can't do that in the AFC West. Peter Middleton coming in interview all 10. Don't choose someone due to personal connection. We need the best possible coach for the Broncos. Not just the one known to our general manager. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I do think that also, if you're looking for somebody who knows what they're doing, they're only hiring one former head coach and Dan Quinn too. So you can say that maybe they, even if they do with all 10, Dan Quinn's going to have the best idea, maybe the best interview because he's done it before. He knows what it takes. So maybe the deck is stacked to Quinn anyway, even if they do interview all 10 guys, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. Well, and, and don't be 100% surprised if one of those tens that ends up as a coordinator. Yeah, you know there there might sure. be something to that an elevated position from one of the position one of the position coaches coming in as a coordinator. Another part of this is, unless you're just overcompensating, you don't go through the process of interviewing ten guys if you've already got your mind made up. That's that's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's fairly open minded, and I think I think you're going to be. If you're George Payton and when Nathaniel Hackett comes in, I think he is going to do very, very well in an interview process and be able to sell his vision, his excitement, all the things that you're looking for at George Payton right now. Uh, and we mentioned it earlier, just the antithesis of Vic Fangio personality-wise in order to jumpstart this team. Yeah, and I think there also is something to be said about Dan Quinn coming in and having worked with Arthur Blank, who is by almost all accounts one of the best owners in uh, the NFL, um, as far as giving his team the proper facilities and what they need to compete, even though the Falcons haven't, you know, been great, uh, recently, Arthur blank, you can't say enough about him as an owner. And if you're bringing in Dan Quinn with a new ownership group, at least then Dan Quinn is like, well, this is not really how it was done when I was with the Falcons. I know what it takes with the ownership's responsibility to empower me to do the best that I can. Um, so I yeah. think that's maybe a, uh, a feather in Dan Quinn's cap as well. Obviously he's not going to come out there and say, Hey, ownership bend over backwards for this. Cause I'm Dan Quinn. And, you know, you sign my checks, but I'm still Dan Quinn, but at Arthur, least he knows what he wants. Arthur blanks problem is he's too good of a person. Yeah, <laughs> It's loyalty to a fault. And he's, it's better to, what's the saying, you know, better to get rid of something a year too early than a year too late. You talk about that in all walks of sports, whether it's cutting the quarterback or making the trade. And he was always the guy that held on two years too late you know Thomas Dimitrov should have been gone if they're getting rid of Mike Smith in 2015 uh Thomas Dimitrov should have been out the door with him instead he let Thomas Dimitrov hang around for another five years and run the team into the ground yeah yeah it's uh not what you want but uh, we got Michael Ronquillo that's what we want we always love Michael coming in good morning to you Michael I am way down on the chat here we got a bunch of people Omar's in the house good morning mile high huddle either hire Hackett or Bienemy. no Dallas assistant coaches please also, shout out to Sunny Days, also dealing with the sick bug going right now. Feel a little bit better there. We got Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, what's up, guys? I got breaking news for you guys this offseason. We are expecting a new Broncos fan this summer. I'm going to be a baby girl's dad. I don't, unless Lawrence is trying to say something else here. Um, it, oh, it's going to be a baby girl. See, reading comprehension. Congrats, Lawrence. God bless you, man. That is so awesome to hear. Um, I'm excited for the announcement this summer uh, when this does happen. And uh Gosh, that's that's amazing news, Lawrence. We that's thanks for sharing. Yeah, the the every guy is afraid of having a baby girl at first. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the switch flips in your head quickly. It has to because there's not dads out there killing boys every single day. Um, what, what having a baby girl does is it lets you love a girl unconditionally without any fear of, you know, my wife could boot me out of the house tomorrow for all I know. So there's always something, just this little doubt in the back of your mind. It's like, you know, I better keep my act together or she's going to get rid of me. Um, the girl, the baby girl, the daughter, mm-mm, we're together for life. That one's, that one's blood. So it, it lets you just unconditionally love like you have never been able to. And yeah. it's, it's, it's wonderful. So congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome to hear Lawrence. Shout out to you. Shout out to your wife too, for everything that's going to come down the tracks for her with the, the next few months. But uh, that's awesome to hear. Mile high truth come in and saying, if we go with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll try to be open-minded, but I don't want Kirk cousins. Um, Kirk cousins. You can say about him being an absolute weirdo off the field kind of stuff. I mean, there's some, there's some cornball tendencies there with Kirk cousins, no doubt. But if you're talking about purely the quarterback position here, I think it's night and day. Kirk cousins is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo to me, when I watch him out there, it looks like Mike, uh, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan's doing his best, uh, weekend at Bernie's with a borderline startable, you know, he's better than that average at best quarterback Kirk cousins. I think despite, you know, the contract talk and everything he gets and rightfully to put him under the scope of the contract that he got, but he's been in a top eight to 12 quarterback the last three seasons in the NFL. And I don't blame Kirk cousins for the deep, the Vikings defense being, I think 31st in the NFL against the run this season, equally terrible against the run a season prior to that and things falling apart completely in Minnesota. So purely as a quarterback, I think Kirk cousins is multiple steps above Jimmy Garoppolo. As far as ability goes, talk about, we talk about big cap hits a lot when those guys come up and I looked it up yesterday and Kirk cousins base salary jumps to 35 million next year. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Obviously. So you don't want any, you want a, a piece of that, you know, maybe what did you get from Teddy four on 20? So you paid a fifth of it, you know, a fifth of 35 is what? Seven, 7 million. All right. If you could get that deal, you're not getting that deal from, from the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins was too good for them this year. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, despite his massive cap hit, his base salary for next year is only 16. So you could, is, is Matt Ryan worth 16? Yeah, he is. He's worth 16. Um, that would give cap relief to the, uh, to the Falcons. Uh, and frankly, I think Matt Ryan's still a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. That, that one's arguable. I wouldn't argue with you on that one. That would just be, this is what I think. If you think different, good. I'm, yeah. It's close enough that I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, for me, um, if the question is Kirk Cousins at $35 million versus Jimmy Garoppolo at $25 million, I'll pay the extra 10 because uh, that's how little I think yeah, of I Jimmy I Garoppolo. I don't want either. I, I, I <laughs> I don't want either draft a guy, sign a guy and, and, and go, go with Drew, your draft pick and a, a cheap veteran. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't I'm either one of those guys, that kind of money. No way. Yeah. I can maybe live with Kirk cousins for one year, but, uh, but we'll have not all off season. Not at 30. I mean, that's, that's if taken I, away anything else you can do in free agency. You'd be much better off go, going and getting three $10 million guys and plugging them in somewhere else and having, yeah, Breaking news, Nick has already put Elmo in the head coaching spot. I'm going to put Elmo at quarterback. I'd much rather have a $10 million center, a $10 million guard, and $10 million guard and Elmo at quarterback than spend all of my free agency money on Kirk Cousins. No thank you. I think it comes down a little bit for me on the 
the trade package as well? Like, am I paying thirty five million, but now I only have to send over a second round Doesn't pick? Doesn't matter to me. That Doesn't matter to worth, you. You're better off with that money and other. We'll do building the Broncos together. I would rather. I'll I'll, I'll give you seven players you could get for that kind of money and make yeah. you a better team than having Kirk Cousins. That no, thank you. Mm-mm. Well, I glad I'm glad we disagree on here, Scott, um, because <laughs> sometimes we're kind of all just like, yeah, good job, that's a good point. You know, let me let me. Patch I'm, well, I'm a, I'm a proponent for Kirk Cousins. I think I think yeah, the rest million. of the I think I think he gets a he had a great year. He His last really three years year. have been awesome. But they really have at that money. No way. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, I would assume he comes with a uh, comes with a contract renegotiation also there is some talk about you know this might get a little bit of an eye roll from you scott and some people in the chat but there are some people in minnesota who were upset with the mixed messaging and leadership with kirk cousins through what's happened over the last three seasons in the the world as well so uh, we'll see what happens here that could rub somebody the wrong way you know not not putting everything on the line to win senior time on twitter yeah gosh um senior doesn't care about that stuff social media does yeah i think there was some caring in the vikings ownership and leadership positions from my understanding, but we'll see. Well, uh, and part of that is it's, it's more about, are you putting yourself in a position where you could be out some games and I'm paying you $35 million. That's going to piss me off. And discordance in the locker room yeah. where there's difference in uh, leadership, um, undermining leadership as well, which is a concern. Uh, senior Esperanza. Senior Esperanza. Coming in $5. Thank you so much. Dan Quinn's D held Jimmy G to 16 and 25, zero touchdowns and a pick. He did his job. Um, he did his job against Jimmy G. I don't think he did his job in the run game. And I want to say, Scott, this game was, well, Micah Parsons was great. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel targeted number 11 in the run game, giving him a lot of uh, plays where he was the, the man who was not blocked. Right. And if, if anybody out here play defense, if you're the man who is not blocked with a lot of motion going on in the run game, guess what? You are being targeted. Um, you are the person who is uh, being targeted schematically. And they did that with Micah Parsons in this game. Some of the concerns I had about him coming into the league as far as the off-ball linebacker ability, processing, making the right read, kind of showed its head. Now, Micah Parsons is such an athlete that he made up for it on plenty of plays. And how he got his value this season wasn't the off-ball linebacker position. It was that he transitioned, reduced down to an edge rusher in pass rush situations and was incredible as an edge rusher. I mean, honestly, he's... He's similar to Cleo Mack. His athleticism and size and stuff is very similar to Cleo Mack. That's where he should, I think, be playing going forward. Uh, but uh, Dan Quinn's D did fine, but they got out-schemed, outmatched against uh, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan in that run game. And uh, it was – Dan Quinn deserves some blame for that loss, for that. It, I, but the offense was the bigger reason to lose that game. Cowboys only seven points in three quarters. Not good enough. Uh, but Dan Quinn has a part for the loss as well. I think their scheme was let him come. We'll run away from him. Yeah. You know, see if we can get him caught in traffic. Micah Parsons caught in traffic. And if, if that's the case, he's Micah Parsons is being effective too. Cause now mm-hmm. I just know that, okay, I've taken out this area of the field. They're going yeah. somewhere else. Somebody else has to make a play. Uh, I don't know. Dallas is, I don't know Dallas well enough to say, okay, this is where you can start targeting. You know, yeah. it's, we're going to let him come free and we're just going to run an option, an option read. We're going to go the opposite direction. He's going to get caught up in the wash. Um, but, you know, if you look at, you know, is this defense is a good microcosm of this entire defense? Um, not Suggs, Diggs. I know it was a double G five letter word in there somewhere. Diggs, where he's got the most interceptions, but he's also given up 1500 yards and receiving. 
you know, so it's a high risk, high reward type of defense. And, you know, I, I agree with, 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 with Senor Esperanza. I, I, if I'm saying what needed to get better in this one, to me, it would have been Dak Prescott in the offense, not necessarily yeah. defense to win that game. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, CD lamb did not uh, help them at all. So it was a, it was a tough game for the Cowboys. I always love seeing the Cowboys lose, though, making me feel good. Uh, Jelly coming back in, making me feel good, and also flashing a bunch of people in here saying hello. Wicked royalty, CC, a uh, bunch of names in here. Biggie Broncos in the house, so a bunch of names. The comment section is lit today, guys. You guys are awesome coming in for Martin Luther King Day. So I'm not able to click every single person while Scott's talking, but hopefully I flashed uh, most of you folks and keep keep the comments coming in because yeah, you guys give us plenty to talk about and really help this community with that chat there. Jelly coming back in $5 super uh, funny thing is we're fighting like cats and dogs on who would be the head coach and quarterback. But as soon as we get the guy Broncos country, will be like kids on Christmas, right? That's uh, believe and believe as Ted Lasso would say, once you have the guy in it's uh, you're in the honeymoon period and the guy can do no wrong. The Broncos are still in the honeymoon period with George Payton. Um, there will obviously always be the detractors who uh, were angry coming into it and I'll still be angry. Uh, but once you hire the guy, you're going to think about all the positives and, overlook the warts or concerns because you want to believe that this is the guy they finally got it right he's gonna lead you back to the promised land it's just human nature i mean it's you you have a choice to either hope that it goes right or be miserable and be like ah you know they got it wrong anyway i'm i'm gonna choose not to be miserable in this situation until they well, prove me wrong on the misery index i feel like you're about as low as you could possibly get oh I mean, we can go lower <laughs> you can you can um but as far as like the i don't want to watch this team right now you know, if, if they had brought Fangio back, it, it couldn't have gotten any work. People would, you've hit the bottom of the angry. Now I'm the, I don't care anymore. If they don't care, they don't care enough about what we think to yeah. keep bringing this guy back. I don't care either. I'm going to go walk the dog. I'm going to go skiing. I'm going to go ride my bike. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. So whoever's coming in is going to, it's hope springs eternal for sure. And and like I said, it's not a coincidence that the two guys that are most linked with this job right now are super incredibly obnoxiously positive individuals. And after five years, you might be tired of it. Yeah. You might say, listen, we need somebody that's going to come down here and we need to swing it the other direction. These guys have gotten too entitled, too lazy. It's cyclical, but right now the cycle needs, we need somebody that, that's going to get this team fired up. And uh, that that's coming. I feel good about that coming in this in this group based on the 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 wind blowing that direction right now. Yeah, I I do too. I do worry about the scheme transition with Dan Quinn and what they're going to do there because, like I said, I am a big buyer in the uh, too high safety shell um, that teams are using right now, and we have a lot of data so showing that that messes with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert more than it does. A lot of other quarterbacks. I think Mahomes actually towards the end of the season, the two high shells, he was starting to gain a little bit more efficiency against those. But I think that's that's what you need. And I, I don't believe in the Nick cover one. Kyle Hamilton to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, God, I would be about Kyle. He's <laughs> going to go number eight, and I'm going to throw something at the TV. That's what's going to happen because you think uh, he's going eight. So over on uh, Nick and I floor. did a mock draft last week. I'm going to cut up the Broncos today and put it on. Uh, put it on but as a preview here uh i took hamilton at four so i had the evens and nick had the odds and i took hamilton at four with the jets i'm like he's the best player in the draft i'm not letting him slide any farther um he's gonna be a steal whoever gets him is gonna be absolutely thrilled and having him in the, in the afc west like you're talking about how to try and go against those guys hell that's a trade-up candidate that you just described to me yeah i love kyle hamilton 
Uh, I know that he doesn't play cornerback or edge rusher or quarterback or tackle, but I would have no issue taking him. I don't think I would trade up for him because trading up in the top 10, higher up in the top 10, probably results in giving up a 2023 first round pick. And until you have a quarterback, that is malpractice uh, to trade any of those first round picks. But man, Hamilton would be great. It would be fun. I I think a cornerback would make a lot of sense too. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, shout out to Kyle Krabs over at the Draft Network. Um, he had the Broncos going with Andrew Booth at number nine overall, saying that you don't want to force a quarterback at nine overall because this class doesn't warrant it, and you're losing two of your top four cornerbacks this offseason. Why is what go and get a guy who a lot of people think is the number one cornerback in this class? Apparently, Derek Stingley might have a foot issue as well, so uh, watch mm. out for that with the uh, the combine and everything coming up. Uh, that'll that'll rear its head. But there's some whispers about uh, Stingley and foot concerns. I saw one of the 14 bazillion, and I'm pretty sure that's a technical term, uh, an industry term, uh, mock drafts that Pro Football Focus is going to do came across my timeline this morning, and it had Sam Howell at number nine to the Broncos. I'm like, I think I just heard Nick all the way from Seattle yelling at his, at his computer screen. Sam Howell, quarterback, North Carolina at number nine. I like Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell at 29. Yeah, God, there you go. Thir- 39. Um, yeah. the pro. What I'm... Killing time now, waiting for uh, the the late guys to show up on the Mile High Huddle. <laughs> I play on the the Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator, and Desmond Ritter is available at the end of the second, beginning of the third, every time. Mm-hmm. That's the guy I'm taking. I'm taking that guy. If I can get him in the third round, yes, please. Top yep. 10, no. No, no, yep. no. And uh, yeah. Ethan coming in, again, DWI guys with his symbolic 23-17 to 17 score says what was with that last play call by Dallas get down sooner if you call a play like that and give or and and give the ball to the ref Dak everyone knows the ref has to touch the ball before it can be put in play just dumb get down a little sooner you said that for sure uh you know I saw people blame you know putting blame on the the ref like of all the blame to go around in that play the ref didn't even cross my mind didn't didn't cross my mind that the ref was to blame for the ending of that game didn't even cross my mind at best, I'm thinking, even if you got that snap off, which you didn't because you didn't have enough time, was the line set. There's no way the line was able to get set that fast. So then you're talking about a penalty, uh, no timeouts, 10-second runoff, or however many it is, game over. So I was that play was way, way too risky for that to pick up 10 yards to shorten the play from you know 35 to 20 to get into the end zone. Yeah, better off taking two shots in the end zone or at least running out route. The whole play was, the whole play was was poor. It was it was poor. Yeah, that's that play. I don't mind if you have a timeout in your pocket, but that's doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that's why it worked, Nick, because they yeah. didn't. You know, that's yeah. why it worked. That's why they were able to scramble up the middle for fifteen yards because they didn't have any timeouts. I'll give you that play. Yeah, please do it. You know, yeah, whoever the defensive coordinator is for uh, is it D'Amico Ryan's legendary Alabama linebacker. Yeah. Um, for San Francisco, oh, shoot. I'll, you can have that play. Are you yeah. joking? Yeah, I agree. It was a weird play. Wouldn't have done it, um, but is what it is. Maybe, and I'm not, again, trust the broader sample size. That play shouldn't take away anything from Dak Prescott's year this year or Kellen Moore as a head coach candidate, but that play for sure, pretty darn silly. Pretty darn yeah, silly indeed. We can still like guys and still second question yeah. results. That happens all the time. The, you guys heard me say a bunch of times, I'll say it again, the trust the coaches mantra just drives me berserk. You know, oh, I'm, you know, you trust the coaches. I trust the coaches to do what they think is best. I don't trust them to be right. 
they're going to be wrong half the time. They're absolutely going to be wrong. I can still believe in them and still think I still want this guy and still say that they screwed up because they're going to make mistakes. It's that's nobody's perfect for God's sakes. Except me. And that was a mistake. It was Except a mistake. Who? Except me. I'm perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. but Nick's not coaching. So no, not yet. Too smart. Uh, <laughs> too smart to be a coach. All these guys in coaching are the ones that were in middle school and high school cheating off Nick's tests just so they could be eligible to play football. Oh, Scott, don't pick that. That one hit close to home, didn't it? Don't pick that. How do you think I know that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, my school is not very good at football, so maybe they weren't uh, worth helping in that regard. Uh, But yeah, no, we got a super coming in again from Jelly. Third one today. Thank you so much, Jelly. Uh, What is the best quarterback in the draft for Nathaniel Hackett's scheme? Nathaniel Hackett's scheme is maybe more so Matt LaFleur's scheme uh, or it's the Aaron Rodgers scheme. I don't know. As far as the best quarterback in this draft for his scheme, Aaron Rodgers this year, there's a lot of backside tag looks on the RPO that only five, 10 quarterbacks have the arm talent to hit pretty consistently. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. So maybe somebody who has some athleticism to get outside the pocket pocket a little bit and hit that backside tag. Maybe a Matt Corral, maybe a Matt Corral, maybe a Kenny Pickett. I just, this, this is not a, uh, there's only one quarterback in this draft class that I would say has superhero traits, and that's Malik Willis. And you are having to squint pretty darn hard for a long time to translate that Liberty offense and what he did there for the Flames, Liberty Flames, um, under, gosh, who's their head coach? Is the guy who was Hugh Freeze, fired from uh, Ole Miss. Um, disgraced. Yeah, disgraced. He was fired in disgrace from Ole yeah, Miss. He, I, I still love the, I think it was Hugh Freeze. Was he the one that was um, coaching um, from the top, the, from the box in his like hospital bed, like the thumbs up from the hospital bed up on top of just, just absolutely killing me. I think it uh, was who him. says these guys don't have egos. He is so important that, you know, th- that him in a hospital bed is better than anybody else they could have done. That's, and, and you think these guys don't have egos? Come on. It was Hugh Freeze. God, the, the picture is so freaking funny of him getting interviewed after the game um, of him up there. You guys should check it out. As far as the best quarterback from Nathaniel Hackett scheme, I think it's more important that you just get a good guy that makes sense with the tools, the intelligence, the work ethic, and then build the scheme around them. Hackett's done a lot of different things with a lot of different quarterbacks, and I think that he has evolved his scheme learning under Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. So you want to, you don't want a offensive mind to come in here and it's like this is purely my offensive scheme point blank period etc etc you wanted to build around the best guy possible um that you can get your hands on and then cater to them cater to their needs cater to what they like obviously there are some simple concept things that if you can't execute you probably are very limited in what you can do going forward cough quarterback in the broncos room right now um but uh, that's a uh it'll i don't think you need to target any specific quarterback for nathaniel hackett personally yeah, and when I think a scheme, what exactly is this scheme without Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is scheme proof. You know, you can you can run whatever you want to, and Aaron Rodgers is gonna if it's a if it's a viable scheme, Aaron Rodgers will make that work. So the question for me then becomes who's the guy who could most replicate Aaron Rodgers? And my first thought was Matt Corral, um, really good athlete, can run and throw, and then Malik Willis can run and throw. Um, but having guys that can run and throw with arm strength and accuracy like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, there aren't many of those. There, yeah. there just aren't. You get, you get most guys move on the move and their accuracy drops in half. Um, Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers do stuff that others just flat out can't do. Yeah. 
And uh, CC coming in with a good point saying, uh, I love how it seems people think that if we hire an offensive minded coach like Hackett, that it's immediately going to a given our offense will hang in the AFC West. It's not a given, but I get it. People just want something different. People just want something new. You know, they see, they look across to LA right now and they see Sean McVay, they see Matt LaFleur, they see these young offensive minds getting it done, but there's different ways to get it done in the NFL. You don't have to be that young offensive minded guy. Uh, you're talking about um, guys like, gosh, Bill Belichick, obviously a defensive mind. Um, Sean McDermott is a defensive minded guy there with Buffalo. Doesn't seem like that's an issue holding back Josh Allen over there. So uh, I think it's more important to get a guy who has good leadership and vision and can put coaches around them, identify good coaches and put them in a position to succeed than having a offensive minded guy just to try something different. Right. I think that's, that's something that fan bases and teams like have way too much issue. You know, oh, I went with the older defensive mind again. Let me go way 180 degrees difference um, and get the young offensive guy with no experience because it's different and it should have worked this time. You might be losing yourself some good candidates then if you're if you're ruling at all the defensive minded coaches. So uh, got to get the adult in the room. Got to get the best guy possible. I don't give a bleep if they're offense or defense. Just give me the best head coach. Well, and on a long enough timeline, <clears throat> you're not that far behind the AFC West. There's really only one that is a step above everybody else. You're this far behind the LA Chargers and and, and Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. uh, so that that's not it. Now the Chiefs are a step ahead. That's okay. If if you're the second best team in the AFC, you're going to be pretty good and you're going to have a chance at a Super Bowl. Um, there there's some ground to make up there, but you're not far behind the others. You're not far out of a playoff spot. Uh, it can this can be again, and, and that's why I think we were asked several weeks ago, who would you rather have uh, Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore? I said, for this team, I'd probably rather have Dan Quinn just because I think they're, they're the window is open. And I, I think there's the feeling that there's enough talent on this roster that you've got a window. If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would much rather have Kellen Moore to with my young quarterback, my young coach and let you guys grow together. But I wouldn't trust him to come in and take over a room full of veterans to try and lead me to a Super Bowl. I'd want to try and build something with Kellen Moore. Um, I would want to go for it now with this roster and then sustain moving forward. Um, but, uh, you're not that far behind the AFC West. It's not, it's not a big cosmic leap. Yeah, no, I mean, the cosmic leap is the quarterback position. Um, and until you get that good luck, um, that's going to make it really hard for Denver. It's what we've been screaming for years now on this show. I mean, gosh, I remember starting back in 2017 when I started doing the podcast and coming on the podcast, you know, saying like your quarterback is Case Keenum. Your quarterback is Trevor Simeon. I don't give a hoot what you have around them. You're not going anywhere until you get those guys. And it's to try to tell you differently is just purely PR, uh, making sure people don't get too upset about it. But yeah, that's those not guys are still in the NFL and they didn't go anywhere. No, uh, the Saints missed the playoffs. Browns missed the playoffs. Yep. Yep. It's just trying to t sell yourself on poor quarterback play. It's uh, like the the Supreme Court's ruling on uh, pornography. It's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. <laughs> Same with elite quarterback play. Um, you haven't had it here, um, and you got to keep you got to keep swinging. And you know we'll have plenty of time for conversations this offseason. I, I would like a money ball approach at the quarterback position, where say the Broncos trade down to twenty to thirty range, pick up extra capital in twenty twenty three, take a swing. And if that quarterback, if he doesn't show out like Justin Herbert next year, breaking rookie records, which again, almost an impossible bar, I'm swinging again in 2023. I'm just continually adding to the room and letting the cream rise to the top. And uh, every single guy, you know, I'm, I'm like the Joker in that scene where he breaks the pool cue over his knee saying one emerges. Out. Yes, exactly. We're having tryouts. <laughs> I watched exactly. that last, I watched that last night. 
Wow. That's I, I told you I watch, you know, I don't watch whole movies, but you know, I said I watch uh varsity blues like once a month. I don't watch the whole thing, but like I'll watch 20 minutes of a movie for all week. And I'm through the dark night last night. And uh I get sad. I I it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's also just sad because it's one of the best performances in yeah. cinema history was Heath Ledger's Joker. But you know, rapid expansion, we're we only got room for one. We're having tryouts, just awesome. I would be about that for the quarterback position, which is ruthless. Uh, but I do not give a bleep. This is I a ruthless to... league, fellas. Yep. Ladies Amen. and gentlemen. Uh Evan Hotson, I think, is the last name. And it's uh I, I'm one of the reasons I'm screwing it up is because it's the first time I've seen it. So welcome. We appreciate you being here on this Monday morning with Broncos for breakfast, Evan. Uh let us know where you're from. Uh put it put it in the chat. Uh, says, I love the show. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, indeed. It feels like a happy Monday, even though it's dark, dismal. And actually, we got about an inch and a half of snow here in Georgia yesterday. So what? Yeah, we had so we had a nice, nice little snow on a, on a Sunday. It's reminded me of another 90s thing of, of ironic by Alanis Morissette, you know, a snow day on a Sunday. It's uh, or, you know, your day off anyway, a snow day on your day off. Isn't it ironic? Yeah, absolutely. We got uh, thank you so much, Evan. Um, thank you for joining us. We also got Jelly coming in saying, last one, I need your official quarterback draft rankings, one through five. Um, you've heard me say it on here. This is this Scott probably remembers, but just to refresh for you guys in the background, last year, I'm not a big proponent of drafting a running back early, but I am a big proponent of using value and tiering my draft boards. And last year, I had three running backs and on my tier one in Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and uh, Javante Williams. In my opinion was, all like all those guys, Get the last one available. Whichever one is the last one standing, if you can jump at that tier, I would understand getting the the value and the return on that. And that's how I feel about the top six quarterbacks in this year's class. I have a hard time differentiating one through six. I think they all have fatal flaws, but they're all also talented where they could be starting quarterbacks in this league. I could see a pathway where they become starting quarterbacks in this league. It's not a terrible draft class. It's a terrible draft class if you're looking for a franchise caliber quarterback to come in and be a hot shot, you know, the first two years in the league. I don't see that with any of these guys. It's a bunch of day two guys. It reminds me a lot of the, oh man, what was the draft class that had Andy Dalton, had Colin Kaepernick. It was, had Dar- it was the first time I went to the senior bowl and was I went down you? there and I was like, I think, you know, I was doing a, a wrap up of the quarterbacks that were there. And I think that was Andrew Luck's class. Was it? Somebody was in there, but my, my whole point was, I, I just remember my, my whole point of this group was no one here is going to make you forget that this guy isn't. Mm-hmm. And it was whoever went, whoever went number one that year um, was, was clearly better than anybody else there. The, the differentiation between those guys, because only one of them that ended up being anything was Andy Dalton uh, for jelly official QB draft rankings, one through five. I can't give you official being that I get to see almost all of them at the senior bowl in a couple of weeks for several days. I'll get a whole lot closer to saying these are my official rankings. As far as tiers in this class, if I'm not sold on anybody, I want the toolsy guy a little bit. I want someone that can get something done. I like Malik Willis a lot. I, I do. So I might go with him as, as my QB one right now. And I wouldn't want to take him anywhere higher than 15. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. I see, I see Desmond Ritter, you know, going in the bottom. If he's in the bottom of the second, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Grab one of these guys in the second round especially if you got multiple second round picks like mm-hmm. the Broncos do uh, yep. like the other team that we we talk about a lot does uh, they've got two second round picks. Yeah. Then it makes sense to get yep. one of those guys. But when, when you, when you're the Broncos and where you, where you are, where you are right now, number nine pick, you can do so much better than one of these quarterbacks. Uh, 
I was a, I was a big proponent for Justin Fields last year in that spot. Uh, in fact, I wanted him number two, but I, I don't feel that way this year. Uh, yeah. There's going to be so many good positional player options in this class. I think that's the way you got to go. My top five would be, again, I, my top six are all really close together, but I'll just throw together a list here for you. My number one will be Matt Corral, even though his offenses make believe and he's a little bit small and his play dropped. So I have some durability questions for him. Uh, Matt Corral's my number one. Kenny Pickett's number two, 20, going to be 24 years old as a rookie, I think, which is not ideal. Uh, smallest hands ever recorded in combine history if the eight are the tied for the smallest hands ever recorded in combine history if his eight and a an eighth, eighth and a quarter hand length actually measures up as actually his hand size, which is kind of scary. But uh, again, his tape was pretty good this year. So uh, got to lean, trust the tape first and foremost, even though some of those peripheral things are very concerning. Uh, number three for me then would be, I guess I'll lean into Malik Willis's tools here a bit. I'm hoping that it, you can see some there at the senior bowl, but he scares me a bit. Uh, then after that, I don't know what to make about his knee, but the arm talent is awesome. Uh, Carson strong. Um, if his knee comes back and there's not a concern there, I'd have him pretty high. Um, then after that, I guess I go Desmond Ritter at five and then Howell at six. But like, again, Howell could easily be the first quarterback taken. I just don't, I don't have, I don't feel good about any of these guys ranking them one through six. So give me the last guy available. And some people will be like, oh, you did that with Drew Locke, you know, wait until the second round and that didn't work out. It's a, it's a, it's a re-dice roll. What happened in the past for that doesn't matter for what this, uh, this one upcoming here does. So, uh, yeah, I so think maybe it means I should have taken Josh Allen the next year. That's the right. Yes. Order, right? That's the, the fatal flaw is not taking, mm-hmm. uh, it was Justin Herbert the next year, the fatal yeah, flaw. Sorry. Yep. No, it's okay. The fatal flaw for taking Drew Locke in the second round wasn't taking Drew Locke in the second round. I think that's amazing process because the tools and the upside that he has were worth that selection. The issue is the next season or in the year after that, where you're not adding to this room with a viable long-term option. That's where your fatal flaw is. So I don't think the process of taking a shot on a toolsy guy uh, that could potentially hit uh, is a bad process, but wasting three years on a guy that was not a top 10 pick that didn't warrant, uh, didn't have good enough play to warrant that level of commitment. That is my issue at the, for the quarterback position for the Broncos. So on that note, I think it's probably about time that we get out of here. We're only yeah. 10 minutes late or so. Nick comes on and says, we're well, going to try and get us out of here at 45 minutes. I said, yep. sure you are. <laughs> good luck, sure Nick. You are. I'll, I'll talk <laughs> for an hour and a half. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, good show today. Monday, uh, for the time being, we're still going to go Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays on Broncos for breakfast. And yep. uh, we might go back to Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't know. When is the, when is the slower season? I mean, there. I don't know that there is one. Oh, goodness oh. gracious. No slow season when this happens. <laughs> um, DWI, guys, 100 pounds coming in saying, great show, Jensen Broncos country. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast rules. Hashtag the hire Nathaniel Hackett fund. Click the like button for these guys. Thank you so much, Ethan. Gosh, uh, don't even Tell know your friends. Say. Try the veal. Yeah, God. Uh, God bless you, Ethan. Thank you so much. You are amazing. We love you. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to get on out of here. You guys can follow Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys like the gear, the, the coffee mug, I mean, Scott and I, this is my third cup so far today. Um, Scott's got the one as well. I think Scott's is a little bigger than mine. You got the. Uh, you can say that again, man. Scott. Blessed. Um, new year, new balls. Um, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> coming in facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook. Uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Follow us on there. If you guys love the show, uh, make sure you go into Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review and a chance to win some swag each month. I know that we just had a new review come in uh, just the other day while I stall to pull it up. Picture of a dog, picture of a cat. And here it is. Um, 
Denver Bronco fans since 1983. Name is 1983 Denver Bronco fans, so very on the nose there. Great show, five stars. If you love the Denver Broncos and want to learn more details about the Denver Broncos, you must subscribe and listen to this podcast. Every day is full of interesting facts, as well as the latest news about the Denver Broncos. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Chad, Zach, Carl, Nick, Scott, Nick, Luke, Nick, and Lance and Eric. Um, so you guys, if you want your uh, review read, make sure you get it at us on there on iTunes. Subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. And also go to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Scott teased it. We do have a, um, a top 10 mock draft. Scott, we should maybe do a 11 through 20 next or something like that. Just keep well, it rolling. You know, yeah, up. we can, we may redraft too. We'll have plenty of time to go through all of those for sure. We can, we can put them on the clock because we were actually through the top 10 in about 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, then we ended up talking a lot about uh, other stuff. So for sure, we'll, we'll go through, we'll do a lot of these. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. You guys are great. We love y'all stay safe. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Happy Martin Luther King day. Everybody, uh, have some reflection on that as well. And we will see you guys tomorrow morning. We'll see you tonight for Huddle Up, but we'll see you tomorrow morning for another Broncos for Breakfast. Until then, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 